Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pato. Today I'll be reviewing The Servant, the Apple TV Plus show that I've been promising to review for about a month now. I finally had a chance to sit down and write a proper review for the show, which has been super because it's something I've been promising you guys for quite some time. So I'm standing by my word and I'm actually going to talk about it. So look forward to that. I'll also be recapping some other things that I've been working on and some ideas that I'm floating about at the moment. If you do follow me on Facebook and Instagram, you would have noticed that I've started doing my snapshot reviews again. Now, I won't be doing this with every title, but for film companies like Eagle Entertainment and uh, Madman Entertainment, who are sending me copies of films that they would like me to talk about on my podcast or on my Facebook channel and Instagram, it's a lot easier for me to actually talk about these uh, films through snapshot reviews because I don't necessarily have enough to say to actually do a proper review for. So, Uh, My snapshot reviews essentially just highlight the things I like about the film in a verdict and also recap what the film's about and the cast and the director. So it's a great opportunity for me to do that whilst also, I guess, providing you guys with content still. And I'm able to do these quite quickly because they're quite simple to do. So look forward to more of them on my Facebook and Instagram. I'm going to be upping the ante of the podcast as well. I'll be doing an episode more frequently. I'm thinking of doing one to two episodes a week. Um, These episodes will focus, I suppose, primarily on individual films or individual TV shows uh, rather than doing the combined format that I'm usually doing. I think that it's probably the best way moving forward because there aren't as many films being released in cinemas because cinemas are closed. And I guess it focuses heavily on just highlighting the individual film than rather doing two films in the one review it's just a lot easier for me to actually do them so I think that's why I'm going to keep doing it the way that I have been doing it now for the last two months and I enjoy doing it that way it keeps the episodes short and sweet as well some of my episode times were getting up around the hour hour and a half mark and that's a bit too long so it's easier for me to do these shorter episodes so My Lovebirds review clocked in just under uh, 13 minutes. So it's easier for me to do things like that. So that's what my plan is moving forward. So look forward to that. Um, And I'll float some ideas out at the end of what I'm planning to do uh, heading into the months of the later months of 2020 anyway. But we'll get into that. Um, First of all, let's get stuck into The Servant, the Apple TV Plus show that I am quite excited to talk about. Hello, Mrs. Turner. Hi, I'm Sean. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Turner. You have a beautiful home. She is a godsend. I was expecting someone older, less weird. We hope you'll treat our house as your home. I'm sure you and Jericho will form an instant bond. She's cool with everything? She knows the situation. I guess we should talk about this. She's gone. You can put the doll down now. I'm fine as I am, Mr. Jenner. We lost Jericho when he was 13 weeks. Dorothy took it hard. This is the only thing that brought her back. I should take Jericho for his walk now. 
We hired a nanny for a doll. Where did you find her? She is wonderful with Jericho. And if my baby trusts her, so do I. How much did those boys tell you about what happened? What if she wakes up? What if she remembers? So, The Servant was created by M. Night Shyamalan and stars Lauren Ambrose, Toby Kebbell, Neil Tiger-Free and Rupert Grint and follows a Philadelphia couple uh, who are in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy creates a rift in their marriage and opens the door for a mysterious force to enter their home, the mysterious force coming in the form of a servant. Um, now, this was a show that I only heard about because a critic that I'm a big fan of, uh, Chris Stuckman, actually did a review of it. And I listened to his review, and he was very vague and kept it, I guess, majority of spoilers out of the review. Um, but it was something I was excited to see because M. Night Shyamalan was attached to it, and I'm actually a huge fan of Toby Kebbell. I don't think he gets his dues in Hollywood. Uh, he's been in some clunkers, don't get me wrong. He's been in some shocking films, but... He's always the best part, pretty much, of any other terrible or crappy film that he's ever in. He seems to always bring that, um, I don't know, that edge to whatever performance he does. Uh, his performance as Koba in the uh, Planet of uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is one of my favourite villainous turns in uh, recent years. And I just think he's a really good actor, and I don't think we really have had the chance to really appreciate him. So... The Servant, I thought, was the perfect opportunity to really give him a go. He's given 10 episodes here, 30 minutes apiece, to really shine as a performer. And I think he does a really good job. But I think they were the two driving factors that really wanted, um, really made me want to watch this show anyway. And it was something I was really excited to check out. I'm a big fan of M. Night Shyamalan as well. He has been shocking um, in recent years. Um, but I guess he sort of found his groove again with uh, Split and Glass. I don't think The Visit is all that it's cracked up to be. There's a lot of problems with that film and it borders on the unintentionally hilarious. But again, I don't really know um, what Shyamalan was going for in that film, so I'm not entirely sure. But films like The Last Airbender and The Happening are just shocking. So it's good to see that he's finally found his groove and his style again. This uh, TV show plays like a film. It's very beautiful to look at. I really like a lot of the cinematography and I guess the way that it's shot. It's just a really good-looking TV show. And like I said, it feels like a film when you're watching it. Uh, the 30-minute episodes is quite interesting as well. I guess because of the format we've seen with drama shows, we haven't really seen a 30-minute episode for a while now. Uh, episodes normally range between 45 minutes and an hour and five minutes, i found, with a lot of shows that I've watched. Um, I started watching The Americans recently, and I love The Americans. It's fantastic. Um, but The Americans floats around that 45-minute mark to an hour. It's never below or in between. It seems to be either 45 minutes or an hour on the dot. It doesn't really float too much in between there. So I guess it was cool to see a show like The Servant on a streaming service as well um, really put an emphasis on creativity and giving 
filmmakers like M. Night Shyamalan a chance to really tell a story, and I think they do a great job here. So, what did I like about The Servant? The way it's filmed, like I said, the shot composition of this show is off the charts. It's beautiful. Uh, Director of photography, Mike uh, Golikas, I believe is how you say his name, um, who was the cinematographer on recent movies such as Us, Glass, Under the Silver Lake, and Split, um, movies that I really adore, and I think they're really beautiful movies as well, and I think he continues that style here. He does a wonderful job of creating tension from a singular setting. Just in this one house, we have this double-story um, or it might even be three stories actually, but it's this very small house. And I guess because of the condensed setting, he does a really good job with creating tension from just such a confined area. I guess um, if you have more space, like, you know, a big house or something to play with, it could, you know, drive that tension from something else. But to do it from such a, a tiny setting is really impressive, and I think he does a really good job. A lot of the shots, like I said, are beautiful. There's some great cinematography here, and I really like the way that he frames his shots. He does like a really beautiful thing uh, majority of the time where it's shot from Leanne's perspective, who is uh, the servant, um, or the nanny, depending on what you want to call her. For the, the namesake of the show, we'll call her the servant, um, where she is either peering up um, peering down, sorry, at um, the, the family or of, you know, the family appearing up at her. It's just a really unique shot, and I really like the forced perspective between the two of them. It was really well done. Uh, the cast as well, Lauren Ambrose, Toby Cabell, uh, Neil Tiger Free, and Rupert Grin are all fantastic. Uh, you feel the tension in Dorothy, who's played by uh, Lauren Ambrose, and Sean's played by Tony Cabell's relationship. Um, we feel this build and build throughout the 10-episode arc, and I really enjoyed that. Um Leanne as well creates a lot of tension in the relationships as well, and I really enjoyed the way that their characters played off one another. She's really weird and strange, and there's so many shots of her just doing strange things, and I really enjoyed that because we don't really get a lot of what she's actually thinking or what her plan is. We don't really understand a lot of that because it's kept very vague, which works into a criticism I do have of the TV show, but... At the same time, I think that for her character, it's really strong and quite poignant, and I think it works very well in that aspect. But I think a little more detail and a little more depth would have helped us understand, I guess, where they're coming from as well. But at the same time, it was really, really well done. Um, I really liked Rupert Grin as well. He plays Julian, Dorothy's brother. Um, there's a lot of times where he is just over the top and cranky like you just see his frustration oozing on the screen and I think he really represents the audience in this perspective because he seems to be a fly on the wall in this relationship and what's going on he's heavily involved in his sister's life he's quite good friends with Sean as well um, they get along very well and I think that his relationship with the family is it's just really interesting and I really like a lot of the scenes where he's just losing it because he wants answers Leanne's not giving him anything and he's just so creeped out and weirded out that he's just cranky. I really enjoyed that. It actually reminded me a lot of um, Nicolas Cage in The Wicker Man, which is something you don't want to draw comparisons to. But during the whole time in The Wicker Man, you are just on Nicolas Cage's side. No matter how batshit insane things get, you just feel his frustration and you feel like you can sympathize with that one character in that terrible, terrible film but he gets so aggravated and so angry because he's just not getting answers. And I felt a lot of that with Rupert Grint in this uh, film, I, in this TV show. I keep going to call it a film because it, it plays like a film. Um, but I, at the same time, I just felt 
his frustration. So that's why I think he works really well in this. And I really enjoyed his relationship with the um, with uh, Cabell and um, Ambrose. I thought they did a really good job there, and I, I think he was a really good choice for um, very good choice for the the TV show. But I, I just feel that. We could have even got a little more of his character. He disappears for a couple episodes there, um, and it would have been nicer to see him play a bigger role in the show. But at the same time, I think he does um, a pretty good job. The plot itself as well, the story is so unique and creepy. The mysterious aspect of where Leanne came from really adds to the tension of the series as well. For the first four episodes, we really don't know much about her at all. Um, even by the show's end, it's still shrouded in so much secrecy. And I do like that it's kept a lot of that, um, I guess, secret from us. But at the same time, it would be really nice to just, I guess, delve a little deeper into her character because, like I said, we don't get her whole lot. But at the same time, I do enjoy some of the portions that we do get because it does become, you know, increasingly tense during the show because the heightened frustration from everyone involved but that leads into my biggest negative of the show, and that is the secrecy of the show. It can come, uh, become quite infuriating as large portions of the show you're kept in the dark, which works, but by the series end, you really still do not know what's going on. The characters don't really feel fully formed and fleshed out, and I guess it doesn't really allow you to speculate because we don't have enough to speculate on. Uh, during episodes 3, 4, and 5 in particular, they do drag a little, uh, whilst the plot is always interesting and because of the way it's shot, you're always engaged, the, uh, it does feel like it meanders a little bit. Uh, plot devices in certain relationships and relevations are um, sometimes forgotten um, where they feel important when they're introduced. Later, they begin to feel less important because they're just not brought up again. Is I think it's episode three where um, Toby Kebbell and Rupert Grin are investigating where Leanne's come from and uh, Rupert Grin rocks up at her old farmhouse and finds out that it's been burnt down. Um, this does create a bit of tension early on, but it doesn't have any payoff, and I think that's a bit of my frustration there. I wish that there was a bit more payoff with things like that because if you they don't even confront her about it, and I find that very strange. And the one time Rupert Grin does, she gropes him in the kitchen and starts feeling him up, and I kind of wish that played out a little more because it's not brought up again, and it just feels like it's an important detail, especially considering that they don't really know much about her, all this weird stuff's happening, the baby somehow is just alive again, like it's just so weird, and they don't bring anything up. There's a reason they don't want to go to the police, which is fair enough. Uh, when their child, uh, Jericho, did pass away, they didn't uh, tell the authorities because it was a cot death and they just didn't want to rouse suspicion and attention. They told their therapist um, and uh, Julian knows and the two immediate family members know. Now, because they're high profile in um, the celebrity world, Sean's a big celebrity chef. Uh, he used to be on Iron, the Iron Chef. You see a, a few clips of his show play during the uh, runtime of the show. And uh, Dorothy is a news presenter. She's a journalist. So I can understand that aspect and why they don't go to the authorities earlier on in the uh, show because you do feel that they could potentially lose something because it's like they're hiding something themselves. But at the same time, when this weird stuff is happening, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It feels like you would go and do something about it, but they don't really, apart from Julian going out to the farmstead to find out that the house is burnt down and then doing absolutely nothing with it, 
it just doesn't really feel real. And I think that's part of my problem is that if these weird things were happening, you would try and do something about it. They don't even really confront her. During the whole show, they don't confront her and just say, what's going on? Where are you from? They ask her a few questions here and there, but it's nothing substantial. And I feel like if this weird stuff was happening, you would sit her down and just talk to her. Uh, in episode eight, she brings her uncle around. Now, Julian and Dorothy are the only two here. Uh, Sean is away on a conference because essentially Sean's job is that he creates uh, dishes for chefs to put in their restaurant. So he experiments with different foods and then chefs buy those recipes from him. It's quite a cool idea and I really liked that as a profession. You don't really see a lot of that. So there's so much food preparation that he does and different things that he does with his work that provide some interesting sequences and I did enjoy that. But we just don't get enough of the... I guess, the the way that this all plays out with this um, uncle that shows up in the house. Essentially what happens is um, he's really strange and weird and he makes Dorothy and Julian feel very uncomfortable. They can't find him during the night and find that he's moved the um, he's moved the baby out of the cot and he's sleeping in the cot. It's such a weird revelation and, again, it's not brought up again. And it's just really strange. You'd think that these sort of things would be brought up. Julian doesn't even – they don't even try and wake him. And I don't know if a strange man was in my house and he was he moved my baby or what Dorothy, because Julian knows that the ba- there's something weird going on with the baby. They don't know what's going on, but something strange is going on. Dorothy is mentally unstable, so you can understand why she doesn't say anything. But if that happened in my house, I would be confronting that guy and saying, what the fuck, dude? Like, what the fuck? That is so strange. Get out of my house. Don't ever contact me again. Forget that you were ever here. Forget this address. Like, it's so absurd. And that was an issue I had with the show. And it was just running and and really filling my head with just like, why is this happening? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. The ending of the show left me a little unfulfilled as well. Sure, there is the promise of a season two, but I would have liked if there was a bit more finality for the show. Now, this show was relatively popular because I know that Apple TV Plus hasn't been doing fantastic, but they have done that approach where they're picking up a lot of uh, well-known directors and actors to build their shows and their films so that they can really draw the attention of just saying, oh, the new Spielberg Amazing Stories is on, or you can check out M. Night Shyamalan's new show. It's a clever prospect because I guess Netflix is more on the IP side of things at the moment. Amazon is the same too. They've got Lord of the Rings, Jack Ryan, Good Omens, Top Gear. They've got some really big uh, draw, draw there with those shows, and they've got The Boys as well and things like that where... I guess Netflix has Stranger Things. They've got some other little shows, The Good Place and things like that that they're able to screen as well. But I guess Apple doesn't really have any of those big IPs at the moment. So it's interesting that that's the approach that they've taken. But um, yeah, I just don't know if there will be a Servant Season 2. There's the promise that there potentially might be, but I don't know. And I feel like if it ended the way it did and I don't have those answers, it's not a oh, you can make up your own ending, it's ambiguous, it's not like that, It's it doesn't really answer anything, so it kind of leaves you a bit frustrated, but again, I'm a bit more lenient with it because it was so well made and really well acted, but there are some definite issues with this show, and um, I think when I started writing my review, because I was so positive about it at the beginning, and then I was like, now, there are quite a few things I do have issues with this show, but at the same time, it's one of the better things I've watched recently, and I like the fact it creates discussion. It kind of reminded me of Lost in that aspect. We haven't really had something like that for so long where it's so divisive, but at the same time, 
you can't really stop watching it. You're that intrigued. It was like Lost. Lost kept frustrating me the whole time, and I just kept wanting to watch more. But I, I guess the difference here is that Lost was a five-season arc, where here it's just a one-season, and we don't really have the answers yet. But we'll see what happens. Um, but my verdict for The Servant. Servant is a fine piece of television with great characters, slick direction, and masterful shot composition. I just wish the story felt a little more complete. And I'm giving The Servant a 7 out of 10. So, guys, that brings this episode to a close. But like I said, I wanted to talk a bit about some of the ideas that I'm floating about at the moment to get some more podcasts up and running and some more review ideas, I guess. I'm working at the moment to secure a few interviews coming up. Um... At the moment, I have lined up a, a couple of surprise interviews. Now, I don't want to really, I guess, go into too much detail yet just in case something falls through. But do note, as soon as I've confirmed and I've recorded them, I will be uploading them or at least letting you guys know what the plan is there. I have been in contact with a few um, directors and screenwriters, more so than celebrities because it's a bit harder to get in contact with them. But thanks to the wonderful... Um, social media aspect of life now with Instagram and Twitter it makes it a lot easier to actually get in contact with some of these people and I was very lucky to actually be in contact with director Josh Lobo uh, who is the director of I Trapped the Devil um, a new indie horror film that came out last year and I picked it up on DVD recently and did post about it on Instagram and Twitter and he actually got in touch with me so that was really cool and I've been going back and forth with him about potential ideas and I floated the idea about getting him onto the podcast for an interview and he's he's definitely keen at just whether or not we can make our schedules line up. But at the moment, he is more on the definite side of things that I could get an interview out of him. So that's really cool and I'm looking forward to that. I also um, have started planning for my Halloween Spooktacular for 2020. So look forward to updates of that um, very soon. I will be doing, um, I guess, teasers starting in July for what I plan to do for the Halloween Spooktacular. I'll start recording podcasts soon too, just so I've got a bank of them. I'm hoping to do at least 20 to 25 films. It sounds like a lot, but Halloween is my favourite time of year and I do watch so many horror films like on a weekly basis. So it'll be good to actually, I guess, speak about some of these films and get the podcast recorded so I can just upload them for you guys because I'm really excited to do that. Um, I'm also planning to do more episodes, like I said. I've got a few reviews in the works at the moment. Tonight I'll be watching Guns Akimbo, so expect a review for that one. I watched The Vast of Night recently as well, so you have a review of that. And I'll be doing a breakdown of the imprint films uh, titles that I received during the week. Um, and yeah, I guess they're the things that I'm planning at the moment. So a lot more content coming at you guys. It's something I'm very excited about. And I finally got a bit more of a groove going at the moment. I'm really liking it. And I'm hoping to do more of this kind of stuff because, I don't know, I just feel like it's something I owe you guys for all your support and everything too. But it's something I really enjoy as well. I'm also going to be experimenting with a few different projects as well. But I guess for the meantime, we're focusing heavily on the podcast and getting it up and running into where I want it to be. Um, I'm going to do some collaborations down the track as well. I've talked to a few people that I would like to have on the podcast, um, which is exciting. A few creatives as well that run some podcasts that I've uh, become quite a fan of and become quite good friends with as well. People I talk to nearly on a daily basis at the moment, and it's just really cool to meet people in the community um, 
because there are so many podcasters out there and a lot of people who really do enjoy film and it's really cool to actually meet these people and talk to them. It's something I really haven't had the luxury of doing a lot um, and it's something that I've always felt not isolated with but it's something that uh, I guess not a lot of my close friends really share that um, connection and that appreciation for. So it's cool to finally meet people who really do appreciate film and share a lot of the same um same respects as what I do as well. And it's really cool to go back and forth and have those conversations with people who really understand um, film and I guess the process behind the camera too. So it's really fun and I guess they're things I'm really looking forward to and I'm really excited to have a lot more content coming at you guys. Like I said, a lot more reviews. Um, I'm going to be able to see uh, Sonic the Hedgehog and Bloodshot soon, two films that I missed in cinemas. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Just a lot more coming at you guys. So look forward to all of that and stay tuned on my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter for updates. I will be uploading a lot more on those platforms just to keep you guys informed of what my plans are and things that I really want to get involved with. So look forward to all of this, guys, because it's all coming at you very shortly. And yeah, thank you again for all your support. And until next time, guys, peace out. Oh, 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 oh,